Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Young Conductors Podcast. We are your hosts, Sean and Cole. Today, we'll be welcoming um, my teacher, mentor, and friend, uh, Dr. Meredith Bowen, today on the podcast. Um, and she'll be discussing ideas around decentering the conductor. But first, let's welcome her. Hey, Dr. Bowen. Hello, Cole and Sean. Hi, everyone. <laughs> Welcome, welcome. So before we jump into uh, the theme of what we're discussing, Dr. Bone, we're hoping that you could just give a little background about yourself and how you got to where you are today. Uh, Sure. So I grew up in South Central Pennsylvania to a very musical family, Um, did the whole choir and band and orchestra thing in high school, went on to my undergraduate at Westchester University in Pennsylvania. I have my um, undergrad, uh, my undergrad in music education and uh, my, my instrument was voice. I moved to Michigan and took a job, um, which ended up not working out. And so I went back to school because what do you do, right, at that point in your life? (laughs) And so I started my master's. After that, I like cobbled together jobs um, for a number of years, finished my doctorate and um, applied for all the jobs in the universe. Um, and happened to um, land in Radford, uh, Virginia, where I've been for seven years and tenure and promoted now. And so I'm super excited about that. And that's a little bit of my background and where, what I've been doing. So well, how would you, you very like- excited to have you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Um, how would you like describe yourself as a conductor teacher? <sighs> it's a very tough question (laughs) i know i i mean you should have given me these questions ahead of time cole Uh, (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) i'm joking no um how how would i describe myself so um i think of myself as um a democratic leader um uh, i i go on ideas that the idea that um, everybody has something to offer the ensemble. And so pe- people should feel free to, to bring their ideas forward. Um, and so, um, yeah, I, I try to show the music through my body and I try to um, facilitate people's learning instead of spoon feeding them notes. And rhythms right mm-hmm. well i think it's it's interesting because i know that's a very like tough question to ask because there's like so many things that could come across but everything that you said thus far is like so spot on i mean like being someone who has like been in your choir and being someone who also like watches you from the outside of things like all of these ideas are like always present in the classroom and i think that that is like super awesome And so to transition into the topic of today, which is just very conversational, and um, most of the time, Dr. Bone and I have these conversations anyhow. I'll just go in and ask (laughs) all the questions all the time and just uh, pick her brain. But something that we've talked about in my private lessons before and just in conversation is like decentering the conductor and like what that looks like, because I've never heard of that before. Um, And I think most times, you know, you hear a lot of people say that conductors are it's like a dictatorship like what they say is how it goes they are in control of everything from the 
the style, the music choices, the, um, the learning process, everything is dictated by him. And so, um, so yeah, I think today is going to be a really good conversation. So um, I want to know, because I know this didn't stem from you. We've talked about you've kind of learned this from your mentors and so on. But where did this idea of decentering the conductor come from? Well, I, it, you know, it, it started with Doreen Rao, I think, in, in her um, work in um, where she believed that, um, you know, you could teach music through performance. And part of that, you know, when, when you're learning, you have to participate, right? And so in order for you to participate at, at the level of <clears throat> um, intrinsic musicality, right? Something that's coming from, from, from you. Um, you have to be given that space to do that and, and explore. And that's one of her, her, her basic principles is, you know, everybody in, in the ensemble has something to offer musically. Right. And so, um, so I, I learned from her, I started going to CME in 2011, and her, uh, one of her students, Sandra Snow, um, became a, a great teacher of mine at MSU, a mentor, a friend. Um, and so, you know, this philosophy has kind of been what I've been working toward since I was introduced to that in like 2011. Could you like remember like when you were first in, like, what did it feel like? Like, what were you doing when you first experienced this? Because I feel like it's probably really different from what a lot of people see on the podium. Well, you know, I will, I, I was thinking about that. I was trying to think about questions you might ask me. And that, <laughs> that is one question that I, that I came up with. And so, yes, I understood it as, as philosophy when I worked with Doreen in 2011. When I remember it actually happening to me, meaning that I had agency in the choir classroom. I was in um, uh, my college choir at, at Westchester and uh, David Deveni chose for us to uh, do Bach B minor mass that year, um, it was a huge undertaking, right? And he was getting uh, uh, period instruments and we were doing it in Philadelphia, all these great oh, wow. things was happening, right? And um, we were learning, there are lots of fugues as you can imagine in that. Um, and we were learning that and he is a proponent of um, Dalcros. And so we were doing Eurythmics and, you know, we were in four big circles, sopranos, altos, tenors, basses, and folks were, were walking the, the rhythm and singing and all the things, right? All the Dalcros stuff. It sounds very uh, familiar. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember in that moment thinking, you know, there's, there's something about Bach that's so satisfying anyway um but but i remember thinking that you know my entire being was in the music i had found flow right when when 
the 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 challenges there and and you've got it going and things are moving and you're all all things are good right and and i felt like i could make mistakes in that space because i was in a circle right with my peers and i wasn't looking at the conductor who was going to say you're doing this you know and he was a bit of a also um a yeller kind of thing and and i realized that we were annoying children as well right <laughs> but but you know i was able to make a mistake i was able to um follow my musical ideas it wasn't prescribed to me you know and i was like oh okay like i felt really musical at that at that moment and that's what i am constantly trying to open up the space for people to experience music making. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, it's, it's such a, it's an interesting thing because like your whole musical, like, okay. So your young musical life, you automatically think like, okay, conductor is the boss. Like we always are doing what they're doing. If they're mad, then you better watch out. And right. I think that's that's totally something that could be changed. And I feel like it is changing slowly over time. Sorry, there's my cat. <laughs> Hi, Kate. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's super. <laughs> he's about to eat your face. <laughs> I know. He's like, he's like, I want to be in the podcast too. Um, but no, I think it's like you are no different than. I mean, obviously you've had extensive training and whatnot, but you're no different than any of the other musicians in the room. And it should be like a collaborative process. So, Yeah, and I think that's so interesting because being in Dr. Bones Choir, once again, I can like talk about this firsthand. And I've learned so much, you know, as a chorister, but also like as a teacher, and I'm still growing and trying to get out of this whole mindset that I have to do all of the work myself. And you know, I know Dr. Bowen has told me before, like maybe say less words, do more actions with all these things that are always popping up. But I think agency is a really uh, big word that stuck out to me whenever you mentioned that earlier, um, because I feel that as a chorister in that setting, having agency and taking control of the situation of like, or taking back control or maybe control for the first time of your music making experience was just like so exciting for me to be able to do that you know and being the musician that i am today that's a lot easier said than some other people who are in our classrooms especially if there's anybody listening that are maybe like middle school teachers or people who work with beginning high school like you're maybe not going to get the same type of experiences right. that you would have higher music making levels but i don't know i, I think I've, I've taken a, a lot away from it so, so yeah i definitely appreciate you sharing that so thinking about oh sorry were you gonna say something I, I just um you know just something to throw out here as you're saying that um you know doreen's work is really founded on what i said before the philosophy but also that philosophy that works for children okay mm -hmm. so it, it's 
just because they're children or younger artists doesn't necessarily mean that they're um, less musical. And we always have to remember that and um, just meet them where they are, uh, I think. Um, and I, I just wanted to make sure to, to put a, a fine point on that, um, that, that this philosophy works for everyone, right? Um, if, you, if you watch children on a playground, uh, they make up songs all the time. Mm -hmm. They have musical impulses, right? We just have to find a way to capture that imagination for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so transitioning from that, actually, oh, I didn't realize my background became blurred. I don't think it is. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> so thinking about the rehearsal classroom setting, like what are some examples beyond some of the ones you've already mentioned that maybe some teachers could try to start implementing themselves about decentering themselves. Yeah, sure. So, um, so, you know, the whole circle thing I, I love in every instance, um, you know, even if you circle as an, an entire ensemble, it decenters uh, the person up in front, right? Because it, it just does. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> power there are different power dynamics that you can play around with in the ensemble so like if people are sitting what happens when the conductor sits and sits at the same level as they do right um in in the ensembles uh in choral ensembles you know we break into part circles a lot and i try to um give folks the opportunity to, um, you know, figure out things on their own and to listen to each other and to take um, initiative um, as leaders within their sections. Um, so I do that a lot. Um, for example, I may take um, a section of music uh, let's say just the A section of something uh, that is easily readable um, with solfege, right? And I'll send folks to their um, their sections and give them the starting pitches and say, okay, go, <laughs> you know, uh, work with a neighbor, you know, figure out who has the tools who, that you need, right? Um, uh, ask friends for advice. Let's work on this together, you know, and it, hopefully it you know in in the perfect world it creates community as well as um helping folks have the opportunity to make mistakes in this in a safe environment mm -hmm. um <clears throat> we also do that a lot with um doing historical backgrounds of of pieces and to talk about um uh text or or language or whatever of the pieces that we have where um we'll split into multiple groups and do a little research um and then um so everybody has the opportunity to understand um part of the assignment and then they have to go into quartets with other folks to understand the big part of the assignment so um those are things that i do um what other things cole well i know you were about... talking about that up that concert idea that you had about making oh. music 
Yeah. I, I think I'd like to hear you, your brain. So I know it's not like a finalized idea. Yeah. yeah but yeah, I think yeah. it'd be interesting for people to hear. So. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's one of those things like, I don't know. I have, I spend a lot of time in my garden. Um, there, <laughs> we'll just say that, um, and, and there's a lot of weeding to be done, you know, and so my, my brain will often go on long tangents and I'll go down like the rabbit hole of, mm-hmm. of thinking of things. And so one of those, what else thoughts... would you do in the garden? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> and so my, um, one of my thoughts was, you know, this idea of how, if I were to decenter myself how far can I take that? Right. So part of my job is, is teaching the notes and the rhythms. That's easy to decenter myself from that because I'm growing musicians, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's easy to decenter um, some of the, the research and work that way, right? I can do that. But I choose the literature that people are, are learning. Right. And that's kind of the last thing that I am the the autocrat of, I suppose. Right. And is it possible to set up a system that helps people choose literature based on, um, you know, what they'd like to say? Mm-hmm. And. In particular, I was thinking that this would be a, a project for the, the choral music ed students who are going to be teachers in a couple of years, right? So what are you going to say? How are you going to choose this music? You know, but still that that's still the hierarchical thing, right? So so then how to to decenter that even further? I don't know. Is it possible? I, I just, I don't know, that seems like it's such a fascinating idea, you know, of having students have a say in the literature, in the whole idea. I mean, I will say as an example, Dr. Bowen, we, we recently had a uh, concert where we centered in, centered in around ideas about gun violence. And it was a very heavy topic. And I remember Dr. Bowen, you know, we gathered together as a group afterwards and you asked for feedback which I think is something that not a lot of people do. So I'm thinking about mm-hmm. the decentering as well. Like you're open to hear what people's thoughts are, but you took it one step further and asking them, what are, like you just said, what are things that are important to you? What could we discuss? And the biggest thing that most people said was mental health. Um, and that is like, it, first of all, it's really exciting to hear people be willing to have these kinds of conversations through mm-hmm. through song. I, I just I love that idea. I love it, love it, love it. Um, but yeah, I don't I I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I'm sure that there are many people who allow students to choose. Like, oh, I have three pieces. Which one of the three that I've already pre-approved would you like to do for for our concert, or whatever? But Well, I think if I were, if I were to follow the, my idea down this path, I would probably, like we were talking about um, 
because in in our lessons you you help you you did most of the work for that that concert so um you know the programming part of that like how can i take what we did right asking about you know is there a storyline here right and and having suggestions thrown i don't know maybe that's that's one way um mm -hmm. and then I don't know, it'd have to be voted on. I don't know. It seems like a lot of process and a lot of of um, headache, right? For for the typical conductor teacher, mm -hmm. right? So I, I don't know that, <laughs> I don't know. There's not it, like a set path. There's no set path. Right. That's okay. I mean, we're all human and we make mistakes and I'm sure there are many people and I'm, you know, Sean and I are still pretty, pretty at the beginning of our paths, but um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's exciting to explore unknown territory before and get, dig up new things in your garden and plant new seeds. Do they bloom? Do they blossom? No. Um, okay, great. Let's try another idea. Move on. So, <laughs> exactly. Well, and I, I feel like I saw something on the social medias over the last couple of years. I don't know. Don't quote me on any of this, but... <laughs> Except the kernel of the of the story, which was there was a music teacher who um, organized it somehow so that their students um, um, composed all of the music for that concert. Oh wow! Oh wow! Yeah, like they they composed it. Like they chose the theme. They composed the music. They yeah, you know. The, the the teacher facilitated the learning they did all of the all the things so i i think it is possible i don't know that it's possible where i am and mm -hmm. and what i'm doing um i think if you have an entire year devoted to something like that that would be and if you see students every day that would be fascinating to see right. and, and and the thing that that really fascinates what what i my question is right is what do the students get out of all of that? Mm -hmm. What are they learning? Yeah, that would that would definitely be an awesome concert, especially for the the students that are like either composition majors or interested in, in composing. That would be really exciting for them. I know like when I was in high school at the end of the year, we would have this like survey, we would review the concert, like a video of our concert. And then uh, we'd be like, what did we think went well? What didn't, went, what didn't go well, blah, 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 all this stuff. And then at the very end, there were two questions. The first question was, what type of theme would you like to see for a next concert? And then the other question was, what piece or song would you like to play for the next concert? So even just those little, those little nuggets, I think, um, can be very special for students as well. Hmm. Giving them voices. Yeah, right. It's just, it's, I don't know, it's, it's an exciting idea, I think, because, you know, I will say like some of my background, it was not, there, there wasn't a whole lot of, um, I don't know what word should I say? I, I didn't have a, a whole lot a of collaboration. A course to, yeah, collaboration, but I mean, I just felt like I was a singer. You know, I was just the tenor. I needed to sing out and do the things. Right. And I, it really wasn't until I got to Radford where I felt, you know, not only Love. as a chorister, but as a conductor teacher, well, I felt like I was one with the music that we were making. 
And I think being like truly a part of the music learning process and, and being, I don't know, being able to dive into the music so much deeper because as singers, like we are our instruments and I really feel that it's important to be connected. And I'm sorry, Sean, but I think singers, we have this unique um, opportunity to like use words with our music making. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, I, I just, when we dive into the, the decentering ideas that Dr. Bowen's talking about, I really just, I don't know what I have put words to quite put, but being <laughs> one with the music really. Well, right, really yeah, I think we get what you mean, yeah. I feel like, isn't there an orchestra that does that? Like they don't have a conductor at all? Do I remember that from I mean, something? I'm sure. I think there are there are probably several several yeah. orchestras that, that do that. Pop quiz. But, I, would, um, yes, I mean, right. it would it would just be curious <laughs> to know how they operate, you know? Right. Like who makes some of those decisions? Right? Is I it know, a, like is when it a I see effort? like when there's concerts where they don't have like a conductor conducting a certain piece, hmm. it's normally like the concert master that's that's taking okay. that role. So I guess it's it's decentering and then centering somebody else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> right. But I no, I'm sure, I'm sure say, there's orchestras that do that. But there's, I once heard there's someone a say that. Certain. Oh, sorry. I was just going <laughs> to say on that idea, I think I, I once heard somebody say that um, the ultimate goal for a conductor teacher is to be able to walk away from the ensemble and allow right. them to make music. So if there is an orchestra that is doing that, like all the time, I'm, I, I'd be interested to find out more about their learning, music learning process and and see if there's any benefit. So sorry, I didn't yeah. have to. No, that's sorry. Up. That just reminds me of something my conducting teacher says. He says, you do all the preparation. You can do all the preparation you want. But when you get to the concert, it's their concert. Like there's nothing that you can do that's going to change or fix or do anything like that. So that's something that reminded me of that. OK, and there's the other cat. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Kitchen um, two. I should really lock them up when I'm doing this. <laughs> <laughs> what were you about to say, Dr. Bowen? I'm so sorry for interrupting twice. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> that was so long ago, Cole. <laughs> 30 seconds. I'm already in it's two gone. years' time. It's gone. I, right. I'm already programming two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I... I Go ahead, Sean. I was just, I was just going to say thank you to the work that Dr. Bowen is doing because it seems like that she's really making a lasting impression on on her students. Even though I only know one of her students, but he seems to be really getting a lot from you. So, well, thank you. Yeah. You know, sure. everybody always said you know that that whole story about teachers. What is it? If you can just change the life of one student. <laughs> right. And you just you succeeded exactly. I got it. All right, I can retire now, right? Is that what you're saying? Right. <laughs> no, not yet. One more no. year, and then one more year. One more. I'm still too young. Sorry. <laughs> um. So I think to before we start wrapping this up, like I think thinking about student wise, what benefits have you seen from these this decentering? in regards to like students and like, I don't know, has there been any tidbits that they've shared with you 
that has kind of stuck with you, if any? Yeah, and, you know, the folks that I have heard from are the young women who um, come to me, um, little mousy girls, <laughs> who find their voice um, after mm -hmm. singing with me. Um, and, and so I don't know, you know, I, I was that, I was that young girl, you know, who grew up in Appalachia, who wasn't seen or heard. Mm -hmm. And so um, I'm, I don't know, there's something about me as the model or me as the teacher or the, the, the teaching aspect of it. But I have known a number of, of young women who have, have found their voices after interacting with the choirs at Radford. And so that, that makes my heart really happy. Yeah. <laughs> of course, and I may have that. done that for the young men. I don't know. They haven't told me that <laughs> in as many <laughs> words, but um, yeah. Well, and just to see like the representation is, is probably really important for them too. Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I think I just, I don't know, a number, women in general, you know, we we aren't often asked our opinions on things, right? And so when when I decenter myself and I say, well, what do you think about this music? Mm -hmm. You know, that requires that they think about it and say and something. they do get to say something, yeah. Right. And and so if 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 I have helped them along their path through music, then great. Yeah, it's pretty special, I think. For sure. So, um, yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, and I, I think if any of you young people, you young conductors that are listening to this, I think a big takeaways for me is that. Um, not everybody has all the answers or the right algorithm for decentering themselves and doing all the right things. You're going to mess up. You're going to learn. It's going to be hard. Um, but I think starting small and having a long-term vision and just being willing to decenter yourself, I think is a really big step in the right direction. Hmm. So, um, so yeah. So thank you so much, Dr. Ryan, for talking to us. I really, really appreciate it. And I know You're a lot welcome. of people are going to take away some interesting things from today. Yes. Thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Dr. Bowen, is there anything that you would like to share, like at all? Any advice? Anything? You don't have to. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Another, another like it could just be like it could just be like my favorite food is this, and you should. Oh, oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, don't ask for her favorite. Don't ask. <laughs> no, don't ask for anything favorite or anything. <laughs> um, well, I will tell you, um, I'm gonna go out and chop down some trees now, so it, that'll give you just a little excitement. <laughs> well, that's good. See, conductor or lumberjack? You can You're that. right. Exactly. <laughs> Just call me Farmer uh, Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will if you want. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just, I'm oh, just wow. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, well, we really appreciate you joining us today and sharing your words of wisdom. And, and so, but before we go, we have one last thing that we like to do. And um, Sean, why don't you take that, take that away? Sure. So, as you guys know, we like to share 
um, some conductors to watch. And for this episode, I chose Christina Polska. Um, she, there's a video of her conducting the Coriolan Overture with the Flanders Symphony Orchestra. And that's like one of my favorite recordings. Um, and just her conducting, she, the way that she's able to just keep everything so like, I don't know, so centered and honed in. It's just, it's really impressive. So if you guys get a chance to watch that, you definitely should. Also, simple plug, she's a left-handed conductor. Oh, yeah. One. How could I, um, I forget to say that? She is how a could you forget? Right. She's a left-handed conductor. She's awesome. Um, and mine happens to be one of Dr. Bowen's friends, Dr. Jennifer Senjin from Georgia State University, who happens, isn't, she's abroad right now. Right, Dr. She's Bowen? in Germany. Mm -hmm. Germany, yes, for the... some... Uh, the International Conductors Exchange Program. Ooh. Yeah. Um, she recently, I'm, I'm sure some people saw on, on TikTok if you're on the, the choir talk, but um, she recently conducted the Texas All-State with the Treble Choir and put videos were posted of the stuff that they were doing and it went um, pretty viral on there. Um, so, but I, I love a, specifically a video of her doing um, Order My Steps with the Georgia State travel choir it's, it's pretty awesome and she's very, she is one with the music and so we were lucky to have her come visit us um last fall as an artist in residence at radford and we took a lot away from her so oh. she has a lot of similar ideas and um <laughs> with dr bowen and is very delcros and movement oriented as well so so yeah well thank you so much for watching everyone we really appreciate it and we hope you all have a fantastic rest of your day <laughs> So, Thanks, everybody. Right, bye, y'all.